0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: The following podcast is a
0: Dear Media production.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. Today's episode is extra special for two reasons. One, today's my birthday. And two, I got to have my dear friend, Halston Sage, on today's episode. Halston and I have been friends since high school, and she has just truly blossomed into one of the most incredible actresses. I'm so proud of her, and I'm so excited to have her on today. She's been gracing the silver screen since she was just 16 years old, starring in titles like Neighbors, Grown Ups 2, Before I Fall, Prodigal Son, and The Orville. Named one of Variety's top 10 stars to watch, she is now starring alongside Marsha Gay Harden in the new Marvista film Daughter of the Bride. The movie is so cute. I got to see it last week, and it's just one of those really feel-good movies that I know you guys will love, and of course, Halston is amazing in it. In this episode, Halston and I got to sit down and hear all about her journey from being in a award-winning equestrian to becoming a scene-stealing actress, her decade-long career with roles alongside Adam Sandler and Seth Rogen, and her upcoming first producer title. Daughter of the Bride is out now. You can catch it on demand. I hope you guys check it out and love it. I hope you guys love today's episode. And if you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcasts and make sure you follow us, rate, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in and have an amazing week ahead, everyone. Here is my incredible friend, Halston Sage. Everyone, I'm gonna do my best to be as like serious as possible for you on this show, but I'm so excited because I have like one of my oldest, dearest friends in the world on the podcast today, and I was just telling you that I don't think I've had like a closer friend on the show before, and I started crying. I'm just <laughs> like she walked in the room with a bouquet of flowers and just looks at me and goes, "Remember when friend of a friend was a blog?" And I literally just like crumbled in your hug.
0: <laughs> it's so cool to see how far you've come, Lip. This is amazing. You too.
1: What do you mean? (laughs) You too. She's a movie star, but you've always been a movie star. Oh. Yeah. Even back in the day. (laughs) I'm so, so, so beyond excited to have you on the show today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks for being here. How have you been? Great. How have you been? I've been good. I have not seen you since. So I owe you a very big congratulations. You graduated. I did. We were passing ships in the night on our NYU journey. And I'm just so proud of you for doing it because I know it's something you wanted to do for so long. Thank you. I want to hear all about graduation. How was it? How was the entire, (laughs) you know, extended NYU experience?
0: You know, it was so amazing. And I owe a lot of credit to you because everything I know about New York, I know from <laughs> Olivia Perez. I feel like I've sent you so many street easy listings and asked you, is this the, a good neighborhood? Is the, and, and I've gone through the NYU course catalog and been like, is this a good class to take? Oh and it feels really good. I feel really grateful for my time at NYU. I had the best experience with the best teachers and
1: the best students. It's
0: really an amazing place. It's
1: the best place. I had such a great experience there, too, and I'm so glad that you got to experience it. What was it like, especially now, you know, you did it in the midst of a bunch of acting projects, and I remember we would always talk, and you'd be like, okay, well, I'm putting it on pause for a second. I'm almost there. I'm almost done. (laughs) What was that like for people listening who, like, maybe also have this, like, unconventional path of learning? Like, what was it like for you completing it in the non-traditional college way?
0: It's a great question. I think I graduated high school and I went straight to set. And I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to graduate college. I wanted to go to school and I knew I was getting such a great education on what I love to do, which was acting on set. And so I felt very lucky to have had that experience right out of high school. But in the back of my brain, I always was thinking, I'll go to school eventually. I'll take a break. And I did. I really took classes online when I wasn't on set because I go crazy (laughs) when I'm not working. And it was a 10 year journey, but finally it kind of came to this point where I was living in New York. I was on a series at the time and I wasn't working every day. And so I would wander around the city and I'd walk through Soho and I'd see these NYU flags. And it just, something clicked. And I felt like it was the right time to really, you know, balance work and go to school. And then COVID happened, which was crazy. And everything went online. So my already very unconventional college experience took another wild turn. And I ended up spending my last two years completing classes online, which was really great and a very different experience. But I felt lucky to have it, especially during COVID, to kind of keep me communicating with others and learning and, and staying busy in a proactive way.
1: I mean, 10 years in the making. 10 years. It's I know. so exciting. <laughs> I remember you were like the coolest girl ever when we graduated and you went straight to acting and yeah. I just went to a college classroom. No, no. <laughs> you were always doing everything on the side. I would see you at fashion week. I know. That was always, it's just the greatest, honestly, the thing I love most about my job is moments like this. Like just getting to work with friends and have people come up together and be able to like find that intersection where obviously, yes, you have like the most beautiful friendships, but then being able to work together on these things, it is like the greatest joy of all time. It is. I feel like we're very lucky. Yeah. Wait, so when you came in here, you said, remember when we did the flower arranging? And I remember doing it, but I can't remember where we were. We were at my apartment. Oh, (laughs) my okay story time so back in the day friend of a friend used to be a blog if you followed me for a long time you know what i'm talking about if you're new here it's okay so back in the day when i was in college i started friend of a friend as a blog and every month i would have guest editors come on people that i thought were really cool essentially the equivalent of a podcast guest today we've really come a long way (laughs) but halston was a guest editor for a month and i remember your like feature story we went to your super cool apartment you had the coolest wallpaper (laughs) And we arranged flowers because you're so good at that, which is also so fun because that's what you're good at in this new movie. We'll get there. But (laughs) I remember that you were the guest editor. Wow. We kept it in the family for a long time. We really
0: have. We really have. I know that was such a long time ago. And yet it feels like just yesterday. I loved that blog, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I, I wish it still existed. And I do. I mean, Olivia can go through all of her dms from me being like i need that jacket where is that from where are you what restaurant is that i feel like i've always kind of followed you very closely for all advice regarding fashion and everything
1: that's so fun and i love that you brought me flowers to commemorate we had to and plus you're engaged oh thank you yeah such a crazy time in our lives it is Speaking of exciting things in life, you have a new movie. I do. Which we love. (laughs) I saw it the other day and it was so cute. Like, we've had this conversation on the show recently as well of like bringing back the just like cute, feel-good movies. I feel like everybody needs that. And I loved Daughter of the Bride. Thank you. Of course.
0: Means a lot. I agree. I mean, I don't know when we stopped making romantic comedies. They're the movies I watched growing up that made me want to act. Yeah. I mean, every Julia Roberts (laughs) film ever made… You know, really inspired me and And you walk away from those movies feeling good and happy and warm, yeah, and to be a part of a film like that has always been my dream,
1: yeah. How did it come to you?
0: Wow. It was a really quick journey from <laughs> finding out I was going to do the movie to filming. So I got a call. I was sitting actually at the nail salon at eight thirty in the morning, and they sent me the script, and they said, there's this amazing movie, Marsha Gay Harden is attached. That's all I needed to hear. And, you know, it's great. Take a look at it as soon as it can as you can because you would leave Tuesday. It was Thursday. And so it was a really fast-paced experience and kind of a whirlwind to just throw yourself into something so quickly. But I felt really comfortable because I was working with Marcia and Aiden yeah. Quinn, who is so lovely. And the movie's really cute. It's it's about a mother-daughter who have this unspoken pact that they're going to remain single, independent women for life because all they need is each other until one day the mom decides to get married. And the daughter's like,
1: what? <laughs> and the world comes crumbling down. And the world yeah. comes
0: crumbling down. Yeah. And so it's really sweet. It really explores this mother-daughter dynamic, which I feel like we don't see enough of. Absolutely. In film. And I'm so close to my mom. And so to kind of show that relationship in this movie has been really, you know, close to my heart.
1: I couldn't help but think about you and your mom watching this film because you and your mom, I feel like so much of like what I've known and loved about you are the moments that I've shared with you and your mom, knowing how close you guys are and how close your family unit is. I feel like, as an actress, sometimes you're tasked with playing roles that are really different than you, whether it's age, reality, lifestyle, whatever it is, and I think it's probably a really rare experience to get to be able to play roles that aren't really similar to you and where you're at in your life time-wise. Yeah. What was it like to work on this role while also being able to, you know, actually pull in real life things like your relationship with your mom?
0: It's it's been really amazing. I feel like we're at this very transitional time in our lives, like we were just talking about your engagement. And, you know, we have friends who are having babies and, and, you know, my character in the movie, Kate, is also at that age. And to kind of see her go through a similar journey that I'm going through was really nice because it was very authentic to the way I feel a lot of the time. Like, I don't know how we got to be 30-year-old, <laughs> almost 30-year-old women and, you know, it's a really challenging time. And I think when you have someone like your mom to support you, it changes things. And, you know, you always have someone to fall back on for advice and it's helpful, especially when everything around you is changing. To have
1: that constant is really important. Your on-screen mom is like an icon. What was it like working with Marsha Gay Harden? Like, she's just she's the best. Unbelievable. Yeah. Also an NYU alum, you know. they really know how to crank them out they do (laughs) they do. They really know how to pick them they do
0: yeah she's an amazing amazing actress and I felt so lucky to be on set with her every day and she was constantly challenging me and and giving me new perspective to acting in general her process is so specific and she's so thorough and she comes from theater and I love working with theater actors so you know it's it's fun to kind of bounce ideas off them in a different way that I wasn't used to.
1: I would love to hear about your acting process. I've picked your brain about this a million times just out of my own curiosity. But now I'm excited to have it in like the formal audio space. But <laughs> what is your process like when you're first handed a role? How do you kind of go through and find the similarities, the differences to build Halston's version of Kate?
0: I I love our conversations about acting. I feel like you and I have had this ongoing conversation about it for years now.
1: Halston's my number one supporter cheerleader. <laughs> I, I,
0: I love I'm trying to get a, us a movie. We have to <laughs> just let me know. I'll be right be there. in something together. <laughs> but, you know, I think I'm a big believer in preparation. I love with anything in my life. I'm very type A. I like to be prepared. And I think that means a little bit of something different for everyone. And for me, I, I love working with a coach. I find it really valuable to go through the script and you know, arc out your character. And especially when you're shooting out of order, it's really helpful to kind of know exactly where your character's emotional journey and, you know, what is her objective and what is your objective in the scene? And and to kind of nail all of those specifics down ahead of time makes it much easier to show up on the day and be free of it. And like, I'm a big believer. I love comedy. I come from a lot of comedy. And I started off, you know, in improv. I took a lot of courses at Groundlings. And so I really think there's something valuable to getting to set and also just being very present. So I love this prep, but I also love being able to kind of throw it out the window (laughs) once you get to work and and really just feel comfortable and confident that you know your character and you can just have fun with it.
1: I love that because I'm, you and I have similar brains and something that I think is one of my greatest strengths, but also is my greatest weakness is that kind of obsession with the prep. It's like, showing up and almost being so academic with it that you don't leave a lot of room for, like, the spontaneity and the amazing things that can come from those moments and, like, that spark of curiosity. And I think that applies to so many things in life. Like, I love that you're saying that because that's something that I've kind of challenged myself with in the past, like, year or so is, like, deep breath. Like, know and trust yourself that you are prepared to show up in that moment, but that you can also allow for, like, the flexibility of things. I think that really relies on that really relies on having a lot of trust in yourself.
0: It does. And I think, you know, I heard when I first started acting, acting is reacting. And if you have something planned out in your head to a T, it's really hard to, you know, give an authentic performance. So,
1: What was the process of you learning how to trust yourself as an actress, knowing that you were going to show up and be ready?
0: I'm still working on it. You know, I think the day I don't have butterflies when I show up to a set, all know that it's time to take a break. Mm. I think having high stakes is a big part of acting, and I think it's always been a big part of my life. I've always been very goal oriented, and so you know having this idea in your head is important, but it's also it's it's good to be able to let it all go and just have fun with it because if at the end of the day you're not having fun, it's too crazy of a business to stay in, yeah, you know
1: something that I've also been thinking about a lot lately and it also is very proximate to my job is just like this idea of branding yourself. And I always think that in like the social media world, it's something you want to do. But in the acting world, it's something you don't want to do. You want to be super flexible to take on a bunch of different roles. And it's something I have loved that you have done with your career. Like from day (laughs) one, you have always just played these really different characters. Like I can't sit here and be like, okay, like she's played the, the high school girl like 10 times. We get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like, okay, she's played like a villain a bunch of times. We get it. You've always had these really different roles. Prodigal Son, the Oroville, Before I Fall, like, and even now with Daughter of the Bride, you really have found so much diversity in your art. And I'm curious here in your mind, is there a through line between all of those characters to you? makes you attracted to them? I love that question.
0: I feel very fortunate that I've had all of those very different opportunities to play very different characters. And, you know, I think the through line I would say would be, they all have a lot of heart. I think at the end of the day, I grew up riding horses and I had an amazing horse trainer, Nick Karazisis, who I was having a really bad day and I was not doing well. We were at a competition and I was really out of it. And he kind of looked at me and he shook me and he said, ride with heart, that's all you can do. And I've kept that as sort of a motto in my life to when I'm walking into a room, whatever I do or say, do it with heart. When I'm picking a role, do it with heart. And I'm really attracted to these characters who also kind of follow that path. And so I think whether I'm playing, you know, Alara on Orville, who's a security officer, what she lacked in, you know, size she made up for and strength and, and perseverance. And, you know, I think a lot of that, a lot of Kate has to do with kind of finding that inner heart. I think it gets lost when she gets thrown off balance by this kind of perfect bubble of her and her mom having their own little world being shattered by this new man Introduced to her life. And what she realizes is, you know, nothing can really break that foundation that she's built with her mom. And at the end of the day, she's always going to be able to fall back on that and, and, you know, follow her heart, which is really kind of sweet and makes me happy.
1: Yeah. Is there anything about all of these roles that has taught you something about yourself?
0: Mm. I think you can't judge anyone right? Like you have to, whether you're playing a mean girl, which I have done, you can't judge your character. I mean, you know, you've probably heard that in your acting classes too. It's You have to understand where they're coming from. And so I think playing all of these different characters has really forced me to give grace to people who I might have otherwise judged in a quick moment. And it's made me really want to understand their story and where they're coming from and why they are the way they are instead of just making a quick decision on who they
1: are based off of a moment. That seems so impossible to me. It's, <laughs> it, just, it is because it, like, how do people say you're playing a villain? Like, how do you not yeah. judge that person? Well, you have question. to make them an empathetic character. It's
0: a good question. I mean, Lindsay, I mean we empathize
1: with the Joker. It, we do. Yeah,
0: we do. Lindsay and Befall, Before I Fall isn't quite the Joker. But, you know, we we both went to high school in L.A. and I'm sure you dealt with your fair share of mean girls. What do you and, mean?
1: This is how we became friends. <laughs> this is how we became friends. <laughs> it is. You're,
0: you're right. No, I think, you know, when I w- when I was reading the book, because the, the film was based off of a young adult book by Lauren Oliver, I w- really got a, I got better insight into who Lindsay is and why she acts out the way she does and why she is mean to other girls. And it's really, she's going through a hard time in her life and her parents are getting divorced. And so she's not she's restricting her eating because it's something she can control and she's you know lashing out at other girls because it's also some, she if she is feeling so terrible inside and can't control that at least she can control how other people feel and so it just forces you to you know see something from someone else's point of view and i don't necessarily forgive all of the mean girls who I met in high school, but I can understand them on a different level.
1: And it's probably fun to play them to some extent.
0: Oh, it's so therapeutic.
1: That's (laughs) interesting. You really felt therapy from playing the mean girls?
0: No, I don't think
1: so. (laughs) It's just very fun. But I almost feel, I I would understand if you could accomplish that as well. Because I do feel like even in my brief small classes that I take, like you do find these therapeutic moments through leaving your body and assimilating it into something else. Sure, and
0: channeling any kind of anxious energy anywhere is really, you know, if you can do it in a healthy space is important. So, it was fun. It was also just a great set to be on because we were all really good friends. So, we'd laugh about it in the end and weren't yeah. haunted by it for years to come.
1: I mean, you have been working for over a decade, right? Well, more than that.
0: Yeah, I have.
1: A little bit, probably more, 13 years? About that. I just think that in today's world, it's really hard to talk to actors and actresses that have longevity like that. Oh, thanks. yeah. I just think that you've been, you know, your first was Nickelodeon. It was. In high school. It was.
0: I always say that I went from high school to like Nickelodeon College because we were shooting the show on the Paramount lot, which looks like this big university campus and everyone's riding bikes and it's sunny and there's a coffee bean and you run into each other and friends from other shows while you're walking around. But yeah, Nickelodeon was my very first job. Thank you to Paula Kaplan.
1: <laughs> this is her acceptance speech. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Paula Kaplan, for
0: giving me that opportunity.
1: You brought up that you were an equestrian. And I would love to hear it because we weren't mm. that close at this point. What drew you to acting to begin with? How did you switch from equestrian, being an equestrian, to wanting to be on the stage or the silver screen, as we call it?
0: So I always loved telling stories. Mm. I grew up as a little girl. I'd put on shows at the dinner table for my family and I think I just loved making people laugh yeah and as I got older my dad and I watched a ton of movies together it's something that you know I think is one of my favorite memories from growing up is sitting on the couch and watching you know all of the rocky films together and all of these rom-coms with him and my mom and I really was drawn to it and I think I always knew I wanted to act and I'd always ask my parents you know can I try this? And to their credit, growing up in LA, I think that's a hard thing to hear. My parents are not in the business and they were nervous about it. And, you know, at the time I was very young and they were nervous about what, you know, that might do to me before I become this fully formed adult. And to their credit, I also wanted to be a dentist at that age. (laughs) So it's
1: like, what happened to that dream?
0: That's that's for another episode. All right. (laughs) But we, you know, I think once I was 16, we, I'd put on one of those dinner table shows when my, my, my parents had friends over for dinner and one of them was an agent and he said, she has something, trust me. And my mom was like, you're creepy, go away.
1: Oh my God, (laughs) And
0: so my thing was always, can we call Nick? Can we call Nick? And finally I was about to graduate high school and I just said, now's the time, can I try? And they said, yes. And so I called Nick and he said, Well, I can't represent you. You were a cute, funny kid, but you've never acted. You know, make me a tape and maybe I can send it to someone I know. And so I made it. I went and I worked with a coach and I made a tape of a scene from The Parent Trap where I played both girls. Wow. And edited it together. Can we see that tape? Oh, I would love to find it. Yes, I will find it and I will send it to you. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. But, you know, he, again, didn't think he could do anything with it because he was at this big agency and he was like, I'm going to send it around, see what happens. I ended up meeting with a casting director. I went in for a general meeting. She had me read sides for something she was working on. I ended up testing for this pilot. I didn't even know what testing was. I was in high school at the time. I was in my AP US history class and I get a text from my mom, which was like, come outside, you're testing for the pilot was called gigantic. And I was like, testing? I didn't study. Like, what do you mean (laughs) I'm testing? And so I get in the car. I go. And I. long story short, I did not get the job. But Nick said, okay, I can sign you. And I ended up getting a pilot later that year and got picked up the week of college graduation. Wow. And I started filming. But I think the horseback riding was a distraction. It was my parents' way of distracting me. And I... I did love riding and horses are such a big part of my life still. I think my ideal role would be something in the Taylor Sheridan universe on
1: a horse. Yeah, absolutely. Manifest that. I loved hearing that you watched movies with your dad growing up. Yeah. Is there a movie that you think just completely changed your life? Oh, <sighs> you know, I Rocky. Wow.
0: Which is a funny, probably not what someone would expect, but... I just, at the time I was an athlete, I was riding and it was this story, it was this really simple story about, you know, a guy with a lot of heart going after his dreams. And I think that really resonated with me and and inspired me in a lot of ways, whether I was getting on the back of a horse or walking into an audition room. I had a framed poster of Rocky growing up in my room. I love that. Mine was E.T.,
1: E-T, Maybe tell me because more. I loved Drew Barrymore and I also just wanted it like an alien as a pet. I mean, you've been in this industry for so long. I can't help but ask what, when you started out to now, the difference in the industry and how you feel like you've been able to kind of be flexible and malleable with a really dramatically changing industry. It's a great,
0: great question. I think we're all kind of catching up to it as we go along. I think when I started acting, there was a question of, do you want to be on TV or do you want to be in film? Mm -hmm. And I got very lucky in the sense that I really bounced back and forth between the two. I was on a series and then we'd be on hiatus and I'd go shoot a movie. And then I'd go back to shoot another season of the show and then I'd go do a film. So I feel like for me, I've always kind of had one fit in each world. But, you know, that's something we talked about on a daily basis at NYU is just how quickly, you know, even just the introduction of streaming platforms has changed not only the way we make shows and make movies, but watch them.
1: I mean, something something that you said earlier really kind of struck me because I feel even though what we do is really different, I still also feel like you and I both go crazy in the lulls. <laughs> we do. And Having analyzed the industry, having been in the industry for so long, what has that experience been like for you? And how do you, how are you constantly advocating for yourself in that way? Like, even in the lulls, like, how are you putting yourself out there and making sure that, like, that time still is really well used? Cause I remember we were talking during COVID and you were like, I am losing my mind. But just for, I feel like this question applies to so many people, whether you're a freelance, creative, content creator, whatever it is, like, not every single moment is gonna be a wave. Someone told me last year something that I never forgot, which is that life happens in between the sets. It's Mm. not when the waves are really, really high, but in between those moments before the waves come. And I've been learning to lean into those moments. And I know that you have too. And I'd love to hear your experience in this industry of leaning into the in-between sets.
0: I feel like we've been there for each other when we're both losing our minds in those times. And I think, you know, for me, it was always it's always being busy and always being productive. And when I was a student, it meant taking classes and learning and working towards my degree. And now I'm kind of using what I learned to develop shows and work with producers and and, you know, find books that I want to buy the rights to to turn into projects. And I think the producing element is always been something I've been really excited about and interested in. And I think I just finally feel comfortable going for it. I feel like it's time and it's fun because, you know, so much of a movie or a show goes beyond the actor. So much of it is out of your control. And so I think to kind of have more of a say in the different elements of storytelling has been really fun and exciting and kept my mind (laughs) at ease when I'm not actually on a set. And you're working on your first producer title now, right, for the list? Yes. How's that list? going? It's great. It's been really exciting. And, you know, to kind of learn a little bit about that process from some of the other producers I was working with was really helpful. And I can't wait for you to see it.
1: I can't wait too. What has it been like wearing both hats? I like can't I can't imagine, but I'm sure it's amazing.
0: It is. It's really amazing and it's really fun and challenging at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think you want to do both so well, but at the end of the day, like when I walk onto a set, I want to I want to make sure that my acting isn't suffering because we lost a location. But that does happen. Yeah. So you you during the list, we we lost a theater location mm-hmm. and we only had it for one day and we only had the actor we needed for that scene one day because he was working on it Series at the time. Oh no. And so, if we didn't find another theater for that exact day, we were going to have to recast that role. And I never want the story to compromise for a logistical error. And I think something that's tricky nowadays is you're working on such a tight schedule and, you know, sometimes lower budgets. And so, every day counts. And you want to make sure that the art is not affected by you know, little things that pop up like that. But we ended up working it out and it was fine. And we got to keep our actor and have an even a better location. But you're dealing with that in between takes. So it
1: was that's so distracting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a balancing act for sure yeah. that I am still learning, but it's fun. It's a new challenge.
1: It's a new chapter, too. I'm very excited about this new Thanks. producer moment for you. I hope it is long and prosperous. Thank you. Of so I feel like you are also constantly surrounded by really incredible people. Yes. Seth Rogen, Adam Sandler, you've worked with some really incredible names in this industry. Is there something that you've taken away from any of them that you feel like is maybe the best thing that you've heard from a legend in the industry?
0: I think just less of a thing that I've heard, but the way they are on set is so amazing. I mean, on Neighbors, we were... We would shoot maybe one scripted version of the scene and then Seth and the writers and our director, Nick, would yell out funny lines for us to say or they'd, they'd say, okay, now it, do it a different way, you know? And there's something about that environment that is so exciting and different from a lot of sets that, you know, always kept kept you on your toes. And then something I really took away from my experience working with Adam which is still so crazy. I can't, it's so crazy to me. I like grew up watching his movies is he really has fun when he's on set. He surrounds himself with, I mean, talk about working with people he knows and loves. I mean, his producing partners and writers and other actors in the films he makes are all friends of his. So it's really like a big party and they still get it done and they do it really well. And I think to see that at such a young age you know, there's a lot of mystery behind acting. And I think some people think it can't be fun if you're making a serious movie or if you have stressful days. But there, I've seen it done and and it's
1: the way to go. I love that. That's the goal. It right? Is. Be able really- to do things with your friends and like create incredible art with your friends. Exactly. What are some stories that you're really excited to tell? Like what's on the bucket list for you right now?
0: Oh, like stories with heart. I don't care if it's a TV show. I don't care if it's a film. I'm really looking for those characters who I connect with. And, you know, to, again, I love, I'm so taken by this Western genre now.
1: Wow. Well, because it resonates with you. It does.
0: And it would kind of combine two parts of my life in a really different way that I think would be very cool to experience. So telling those stories and working with people who I really admire, I mean, I love Damien Chazelle, Greta Gerwig. There are so many amazing directors out there. And I'd love to kind of find my group. You know, Adam has his group and Seth has his group. So I'd love to find my group of, of you know, producing buddies and eventually kind of end up in a place, you know, like I think Reese Witherspoon has done. Incredible. The best thing for this industry and for women in this industry by, you know, creating a company who makes these stories that we want to see and we want to work on, and, and she does them with other women, which is really exciting.
1: And I feel like Western's also, like, in a really big moment. Power of the Dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great like, film. I loved it, and I just feel like there's so much room in Western right now to explore different stories that we haven't seen.
0: And strong female characters, too.
1: Yes, I and, feel like it's very male-dominated. I feel, feel like we've seen the same story over and over and over again. It's, so I feel like found found lane right there. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This is me, so, fun. So, so fun. I'm so happy to have you here. Daughter of the Bride is going to be out on February 3rd. So go check it out. It's Please. So, <laughs> so cute and heartwarming. I know you guys are going to love it. And Halston is obviously amazing in it. Thank you. Of course. Thanks for having me. Anytime.